This is a That Podcast Special Report. Coming to you live, sort of, from Atonement Fargo. I'm Ryan Janke along with DJ Lura. This is That Podcast and we are here for a special broadcast because we have a few things going on, including a special guest. Ooh! But before we get to the special guest, we got to take care of some stuff. Yeah, I, uh, uh, I, I was told... By my mother when I was young, it's always it's always good to apologize when you make a mistake. Do it do it early, do it fast, like pulling off a band aid. And uh, we we had um, made some uh, uh, numerical errors in our previous conversation. Uh, we were talking about um, Christmas and and where the the idea of the date of December twenty fifth came from from a Christian perspective, mm-hmm. not from a pagan perspective, and. Uh, I shared how um, there was an was a tradition that the prophets and the great men of God died on the day they were conceived, mm-hmm. and then I tried to explain how you got to December twenty fifth. That that we thought that Jesus had died sometime between March twenty fifth and April sixth. Mm-hmm. That's how we get the dates of December twenty fifth through. Um, January 6th for the season, the 12 days of Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully, we have a good doctor we in do. the congregation of listeners yep. uh, that that realized how, how backward my mathematics was. And my math is not good. Well, no, uh, I, I don't think... I think it was when you said uh, you go to March 25th and then you back it up. And what do you get? You get Christmas. What you meant was you got to go forward. You got to go. For, it's like daylight savings time. I get those all backwards too. Yep. So we yep. got to go forward. So so mea culpa, mea culpa, Dr. S, thank you for that catch. And, uh, <laughs> and go. yeah, so thank you for that, Dr. S. And also, thanks to the Satrams, we love the Satrams, we found out that it is not Festivus. It's not the day before Christmas Eve. It's Christmas Adam. That's right. Because Adam came before Eve. Before Eve, Eve yeah. Yes. And so now that we got that out of the way, we've got a special guest. I'm excited. I'm excited. Are you going to play your... I'm ready. I'm, I'm all set. I'm ready to, to, to do something. All right. We are welcoming back to hold the on, Atonement That Podcast Studios, the Reverend Dr. Paul Cross. Well... Well, what, what what an introduction. How are you doing? Uh, reasonably well. Can't complain. When, when I heard that uh, Pastor DJ was going to be making a, a quick and sudden apology, I had no idea it was for something numeric. I was hoping it was for something salacious. <laughs> no, uh, I'm uh, sadly disappointed. <laughs> uh, I, I, was, I was, you know, uh, it reminds me of the... Uh, you the, perked up a little bit there, huh? The, the Garrison <laughs> Keeler routine, that the uh, the way that a pastor gets uh, the congregation uh, as attention is to uh, is to get before the congregation in the pulpit and say, I'm only human. Uh, and the first question that comes to their mind is, uh, uh, what has he done? Uh, and the second question that comes to their mind is, with who? So... Uh, <laughs> Now, there you go. Uh, <laughs> so anytime a, a pastor apologizes for something, I, I, I go immediately to the salacious. So I, I'm, I'm sorely disappointed that it is quibbling about uh, Saturnalia. And, and, now, uh, you, 
Now you have another apology. Yeah, you have to apologize. I for apologize for not being as. Um, and also, uh, <laughs> I, I think that the the Satrums will confess that the concept of Christmas Adam uh, is a cross family invention, uh, and uh, this is something that they achieved from them. So you may need to apologize to uh, Stephen, Mark, Mary, Catherine, and Ian. Oh, uh, so they, they I have I have publicly mentioned. Uh, Christmas Adam uh, uh, in the confines mm. of 4601 South University Drive uh, here in Fargo, North Dakota, zip code 58104. <laughs> uh, well, I will not apologize because I didn't do anything on that although one. That, that, was, that, was, that was Ryan that just said that. Yeah. Well, I have to apologize. You know, I'm here to apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only human. Uh, this is going to be a lot of fun because, you know, the, uh, uh, well, I won't say that. I, I'd have to apologize then. So mm-hmm. uh, the certain absence here and I, that oftentimes kind of keeps things going. So this this might go off the rails pretty quick. Yeah. Oh, never know. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you're here. Yep. I, <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing remarkable. I can't complain. Where have uh, you been? Uh, well, I, 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 three parts. Uh, it was, again, first of all, I just want to thank the congregation for the opportunity to take a, uh, some time away. It's a, a blessing, and uh, uh, I feel very refreshed by it. I just want to, again, thank the congregation. But kind of three parts. Uh, Part one was travel. I know that there are people that are going to freak out by that and all that sort of stuff and want me uh, uh, hermetically sealed and so <laughs> forth. But, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I, I, I'm cautious and careful, but uh, I, I don't believe that, uh, you know, we, we have to live our lives in fear. So just caution's a good thing, and I was very cautious and what I'm supposed. But uh, uh, the the sainted Mrs. Cross and I took a travel uh, through the um, uh, the Colorado Plateau, uh, which mm. is uh, inaptly named because well, I suppose it's the Colorado River, but uh, 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 very little of the Colorado Plateau is in Colorado. Actually, the vast majority of it is in Utah. Mm. But uh, 14 national parks in 14 days. Wow. Yes, Whoa. we were. Uh, That's uh, hardcore. I, well. I am that is a burning hole in the blue. Yeah, we uh, we were freebasing the uh, national park uh, post. I mean, the stamp uh, passport that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, we were we were going to it, friend. And uh, we would have kept doing it if uh, certain ones weren't uh, restricted. Uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, let's see. We did a capital. First of all, uh, yeah, uh, we we went. Uh, uh, gosh, uh, Cedar Breaks, uh, Zion, uh, Pipe Springs. Uh, uh, North Rim of the Grand Canyon, Lake Powell. Uh, by the way, the North Rim of the Grand Canyon, totally different experience than the South Rim of the Grand Canyon. Been to the South Rim many, many times. Going to the North Rim was fantastic. An amazing place. Uh, has more of a Yellowstone feel to it, surprisingly. Not mm. not as Southwest a feel. Uh, very kind of a Yellowstone vibe to it. Mm. Then uh, we went to uh, 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 Natural Bridges, uh, uh, because Rainbow uh, Arch was closed. That was I was kind of a bum by that one. I want to see Rainbow Arch. Uh, then we drove up uh, to uh, 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 Grand Junction, Colorado, over to the Black Canyon of the Gunnison, another national park not known well, but amazing place. Uh, then drove down uh, past Telluride, uh, and uh, the Aspen were just bright yellow against the green of the evergreen. It was just unbelievable. We were driving at you know, 10, 12,000 feet uh, with a convertible top. We rented a uh, Mustang convertible. It was a lot of fun. And uh, uh, Rhonda was freezing. Uh, she was absolutely <laughs> freezing. But I said, I paid extra for this stinking convertible. We're in the top down. I don't care if it is 34 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, but uh, then we spent some time in Durango. Then came up the million dollar highway. Hey, uh, US uh, 550, supposedly the most dangerous road in the United States. Or, uh, I, I don't know if that's the case. Is it twisty and turny? Or? Uh, twisty, turny, and uh, 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 ridiculous elevations. I mean, ah. absolutely ridiculous elevations and narrow, no guardrails, that sort of stuff. Okay. Uh, it is uh, bear tooth pass sort of deal. Uh, you know, I, I've. I've I've been on Beartooth Pass, and I've been on this, and my vote—they're pretty close. They're—they're they're pretty equal. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're pretty equal. Uh, Were you white knuckle on it? Uh, no, we were having fun because the top was down. And uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, then uh, a crossover to uh, Moab, uh, Moab, Utah. Saw the Moabites. No, those. I was going to say that's yeah. boy. You really. <laughs> Then got uh, a lot of mileage. Out. Oh, absolutely! And then uh, did uh, Canyonlands went Jeep uh, off roading and four four by four off Jeep trails in in Canyonlands. Wow, crazy, crazy stuff! Yeah, that was crazier than the a uh, million dollar highway. I, I guarantee you that uh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, uh, then uh, arches, uh, that's beautiful, amazing. Uh, then across to. Uh, uh, Capitol Reef. Never been to Capitol Reef before. Amazing place. Uh, best best experience though was has to be uh, Utah State Road, State Highway 12. If you're ever in that part of the country, it connects Capitol Reef with basically uh, Bryce Canyon. Uh, amazing road. That in itself is the reason to go. I mean, just mm-hmm. that road right there. Uh, probably one of the most amazing roads on the planet. Then went to uh, 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 Bryce. Uh, then went to Great Basin in Nevada. That was kind of a pass, as I said. It's I suppose it's got some beautiful things to it, but I, it's you know you have to get to Eastern Nova, Central Nevada, which is oh wow, truly in the middle of of of, of vastness. I mean, there's. Did, did you take the extraterrestrial highway? Uh, no, we did not. We took a parallel road to it, so we were in a parallel universe from the extraterrestrial <laughs> highway. Uh, but uh, we we were kind of done with it by then, as mm-hmm. I said. That you know, there's only so many salt flats and and uh, uh, scrub waste you can look at, uh, and then uh, in Nevada, eastern Nevada was a lot of that. And then uh, uh, we did uh, 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 Lake Mead at the end. Ooh. Yeah, so uh, that's neat. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, did go to Lost Wages. Uh, you know, uh, not a fan. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I know that uh, uh, many people think it's a great place to go and all that sort of stuff. But uh, I've been there uh, three times now and uh, don't need to go back. I, I, I know even present company thinks it's a great place to go. Won't mention it, who's these two that think <laughs> it's great. But uh, uh, nevertheless, uh, Did you, uh, I suppose... You weren't there long enough that when you when you came back, you had the dreams going ding 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 ding. No, you know, as a matter of fact, I had I have no. At my first trip to Lost Wages, I I got a roll of nickels. This shows you how long ago it was, and it was amazing the alacrity with which those nickels departed my possession. Yeah, and you throw throw your shoulder out pulling the didn't have time to. There was just as I said, they were gone. You know, sort of like that song from Hee Haw. You met another and. You was gone. Yep. And uh, there you go. That's what happened, that roll of nickels. Uh, so uh, <laughs> there you go. Uh, so that was the first stage. The second stage, I taught uh, uh, two weeks at the Master's Institute. Uh, some of you may know that I used to teach on the, ma- the Master's Institute on a regular basis, but they invited me back for a two-week class. And that was a blast. That was uh, abs- our own uh, Amy Oakson is a student there. Uh, 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 shout out to Amy. She did a fabulous, fabulous job. We have a real gem in Amy, so we're blessed. And then uh, the next the next third was done puttering. 
uh, and I've decided that I'm not meant to putter. Uh, you know, uh, uh, teaching is great. I love teaching the scriptures. That's wonderful. Uh, I love visiting national parks. Uh, I've got, uh, uh, I think, I think the stamp stamp rate now is at a uh, hundred and forty some out of four hundred and twelve possible sites. Wow. Uh, there's only sixty two actual parks, but I learned the difference between an actual national park and a national monument. They're all run by the National Park Service, so they're all kind of the same. It's just how one gets designated. Uh, one can be done by an act of the president, and that has to be done by the act of Congress, which are the parks. So learn that. Uh, hmm. But uh, there are only 62 parks, but the National Park Service has 412 potential sites to go to. Well, and I want to ask a question about it because it yep. sounds like you were really in, in the, the vast west. Yes. Um, yes. But I recall being in Pennsylvania, driving along uh, just, a, just a county road, yes. and all, off to the right was a, like, a, like a Revolutionary War monument. That's correct. But you would never know it. There was no big signs or anything like that. It would probably that. be Fort Necessity. Yeah, so is it is it stuff like that in in I have a stamp from Fort Necessity. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I've been I've been there absolutely. Actually Fort Necessity is more of a uh, French and Indian War uh, park, but uh, it's the only time. I guess what I mean is are these national monuments well marked that that Most you've of them seen are, yeah. or or is it yeah. like oh, well that's you, that's where that happened. It, you, it's a little of both. Okay. Uh, uh, most national monuments are well marked. They got not wonderful brown signs with this beautiful uh, artistically designed uh, shield with a bison and buffalo on it. Well, bison. No, there's, we don't have buffalo here in the United States, uh, <laughs> but we have only bison. That's right. Uh, absolutely. Uh, and uh, uh, but you'd be surprised how many places out west call themselves buffalo this or buffalo right. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, dilettantes, <laughs> I tell you, uh, amateurs. Uh, uh, in any case, uh, yeah, so that's, uh, uh, but you, now when you go east, is it, there are no shortage of both Revolutionary War and Civil War sites. Right. There's just, they're everywhere. Yeah. Some of which are national parks, some of which are state parks, some of which are simply road signs. Uh, right. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, but. Uh, that uh, was my experience in, in Pennsylvania, yeah. was a lot of road signs. Yes, uh, there are a lot. Well, of course, then again, you were in eastern Pennsylvania. I was. Which is where lots of that stuff was. And, uh, uh, you know, Valley Forge, Valley Forge National Park. You know, I mean, that's a National Park Service unit and so forth. And uh, the, the home of all the deer. Yeah. Uh, all, all the deer in, in, in that area of the Philadelphia area uh, migrate to Valley Forge Park because they're protected there. Yeah. So it's very dangerous to drive on that road. Exceedingly so. Boy, I tell you, <laughs> I, I remember when we lived in Weirton, West Virginia, which is right next to Pennsylvania, driving into Pittsburgh, uh, about uh, 30, 40 fresh deer every uh, uh, every morning we drove into Pittsburgh. They were dead, a lot dead along the highway, yes. Most dangerous <laughs> animal out there. Absolutely. So there you go. That, that's, that was, you know, uh, the Park Service, great stuff. Uh, uh, teaching the Word of God, great stuff. Uh, uh, puttering i'm not into it I, as i said it's not me so glad to get back at it yeah so i i know we're glad we, you're back we are very glad you're back i know we have uh, uh stuff you want to get into but beans we're talking about sure. uh, the national parks and you've been to so many hammer it what is your favorite one and what is the one that you are like i have to get to that one yet well let me put it to you like this if if i knew i had one day left and i could have one wish granted me i would ask for all my friends to be to meet me at, at, at the 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 uh 
Yellowstone Hotel in in Lake by Lake Yellowstone, and just have a great party there, and then drove drive over from the Yellowstone Hotel to Old Faithful, and spend uh, uh, one more night uh, uh, looking at the Old Faithful with my wife, the, the mm-hmm. SMC. Uh, been to Yellowstone a lot. It's uh, you know it deserves every bit of the the attention it gets. It's an amazing place, and there's really. From what I understand, all the places I've been, no place quite like it on Earth. Uh, however, I have to say this. This is not mere uh, 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 chauvinism for North Dakota. But uh, I think uh, Theodore Roosevelt uh, in Western North Dakota is, is pretty spectacular. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of like the Badlands and both and Theodore Roosevelt. They're different style, but I like those. I uh, uh, like them both. Uh, you know, uh, as far as places that we want to get to, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Fort Jefferson. Uh, which is on Dry Tortuga. It's a uh, remote key in the Gulf of Mexico. It's a uh, again a War of eighteen twelve. Uh, actually, between, not War of eighteen twelve. After the War of eighteen twelve, the United States built all sorts of uh, uh, coastal batteries along the East Coast to prevent the British uh, from coming back. Uh, they were never used hardly. Uh, that was a pretty interesting one. That, but it's in the middle of uh, the middle of the Gulf of Mexico. That'd be a good one to get to. Uh, love to get to some of the ones in the Pacific Ocean. We have some national parks in the Pacific, uh, mostly related to. Uh, been to the ones in Hawaii. Uh, I've been to uh, only one in Hawaii. Uh, the one on Molokai, I've not been to that one. But the other ones, I've been to all of those. Uh, those are worth going to. But there's some others that are more related to World War II, which I like a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, biggest bucket list one have to be those. The ones in Alaska are very, very remote. I want to get to the ones that are just ridiculously remote. Uh, that's why Rainbow Arch is why I want to go there. I mean, uh, you have to take a boat there or you have to take a horseback through uh, uh, tribal land. And uh, the the tribes in the, in the uh, uh, Four Corners region were very, very cautious and uh, had, had, had a fairly restrictive uh, sort of COVID stuff. And so mm-hmm. they had shut down pretty pretty tightly. So we couldn't do that either way. Couldn't take a boat, couldn't take a horse back through tribal land. So, uh, uh, but there's some places down there. It, it, as far as the tribal land goes, there, there's some really great stuff in the Four Corners area. I've not been to Chaco Canyon. Love to do that. Haven't been to Canyon de Shade. Love to do that. Get back to the get to the sort of the the Anasazi Four Corners area. I know I'm not supposed to say Anasazi, but that's sorry for those of you who are in the know. You know that it's a no no to say Anasazi, but that's how I learned it first. So well, okay, now something scandalous. So what what are you supposed to say? Uh, this is the funny thing. You're supposed to say Puebloan <laughs> people. Oh, now supposedly they're upset because uh, the word Anasazi is. I forget which which uh, tribal word it is because you got the Navajo, the Hopi, and a couple others down in that area, and it supposedly means like the other people or our enemies or something mm, like that. Okay, so we can't use a word to describe that somebody else's word, and then they go and call them the native Pue- native Puebloans. Well, isn't Puebloan a Spanish word? <laughs> yes. It uh, is. So as I said, I, I'm sorry. I you know as I said, you're. It's sort of like when they because same part of the world, uh, U.S. Highway 666. Uh, you have to change the that because it's the Devil's Highway. Uh, well, the funniest thing is is that they change. They finally succumbed to pressure. The reason why they succumbed to the pressure is people were stealing the signs for the U.S. Right. Highway 666. <laughs> but here's the funniest thing. They changed it to U.S. Highway 491. 
which in some occultist circles is also an evil number, because <laughs> Jesus says in Matthew's got you know, well, somebody asked Jesus, how many, how many times shall uh, my brother forgive me, shall, shall I forgive him seven times? And Jesus says, no, seven times 70. Well, seven times 70 is 490. And so supposedly the unforgivable sin is 491. And so they hi- named the highway, <laughs> Highway US 491. Now, I'm I, not making that up. I believe I'm you. I'm not making that I, up. I, I believe everything you just said. I'm just going to ask that uh, the good doctor double check your math just to make just sure. Just to make sure. Okay. And if, if, if there was an error to let us know. <laughs> you know, I, I, but, but I have already confessed before God and everyone and this congregation that I'm not good at uh, mathematics. Uh, and so I do have people do this for me. Uh, but uh, uh, so in, in any case, uh, uh, yes, uh, f- because 70 has got a zero behind it and seven times seven that much i do know i still know my multiplication table still is 49 so put a zero behind 49 and you got 490 and then you add the one more sin hold on hold on we might have some common core people that you're losing right now (laughs) slow down hold the phone so it's gotten that bad has it i have no idea so it's gotten that bad that i might appear to be a mathematical whiz is is that what you're telling me you know that that's wow i I, I, never heard that before but that is very um that's very interesting the 490 then the one sin beyond that that's unforgivable yeah 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 that's crazy people come up with the craziest stuff don't they (laughs) the bigger question is why do i still know that Oh, that's funny. It was the Yabba-Dabba-Doo time, though. It Good. was. It was. It was the yabba But that's those are the places I would. As I said, there are lots of. There are a lot more out there. I. I I'll, if I see the brown sign with the uh, uh, National Park Shield on it, I'm stopping. There's no question about that. That and air museums. Those are, as I said, guaranteed. Mm. That's why do you think she's called the sainted Mrs. Cross? Because she has to put up with this nonsense. <laughs> that's great. Well, I'm glad you're able to get away, and I'm glad you're back. Yeah, yeah. and uh, good to be back. Good, as, as I said, I, I, I any, 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 love to do this. I love what I do. Love who I do it with. Uh, puttering is not among them because there's not much to do, and there's nobody to do it with. So mm-hmm. I, I love what I do. Love who I do it with. Yeah, cool. Well, as we record this, it's the day before Thanksgiving. Yes, which means this Sunday. This Sunday is Advent. Well, not always, but it is. This happens. This to be the Sunday case. is. This Sunday is the first Sunday in Advent. That's correct. Yeah. So what's happening on, on Advent? You got something going on. I do. I do. Well, yeah, actually, this church has something going on, and sometimes I one of the reasons why I wanted to do this is to kind of put some special emphasis on this. Uh, it has to do with our uh, program called Daily Discovery, which is kind of a passion of mine. Uh, it's a, a, a annual read through the Bible, uh, uh, and I, I believe that. Uh, uh, it's something that I've been doing for, gosh, I can't remember when. Uh, I, I've been reading the Bible since I was 14 years old. But actually doing read-throughs. I think I ended my first read-through in 1979. Uh, wow. And then finally, and it took a little bit, it took significantly longer than a year. I remember as a, a, a kid, my dad used to say that, uh, that he'd read through the Bible three times. And I just thought, wow, that's unbelievable. Uh, now, if somebody said t- to me, uh, you know, I've read through the Bible three times, you know, I'd call that good start, a good start. Absolutely. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's a good start. So this is about getting people familiar with what the Bible actually says. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is shocking biblical illiteracy in our country. The availability of scripture has never been higher in, in, in an amazing number of forms, but there is a shocking amount of biblical illiteracy 
not just in society, but even in the church. It's amazing. And so I've really kind of made it one of my pastoral goals over my 30-plus years of being a pastor is to uh, uh, encourage people uh, to be daily in the Word of God and not simply daily in the Word of God, but get the whole scope of it. So that's kind of the purpose of daily discovery. And uh, uh, over the years, I've come up with uh, some materials to help people do this, and uh, uh, they're free. Uh, You don't have to pay anything for them, uh, and that's the best part about them. Uh, uh, All you need is a Bible and uh, access to the materials and have at it. Mm -hmm. Uh, we, We got it ready for you. That's cool. Yes, it's more than it, that. And <laughs> so um, you've read it through, we'll, we'll say, 30 times. We'll just pick that number. But you've told me before that you read a different translation every other year. Sure. So, well, let me, get, let me give you the whole, the, 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 the kind of the rundown of how the, the daily discovery diet. I think it's probably a helpful thing to do. Sure. Uh, first of all, uh, there are lots of Bible read-through programs, and if you're going to be able to, there, there's nothing holy, pious, uh, mystical about reading through the Bible in a year. But there are cycles to our life, and uh, there are reasons why I, I picked the day that I picked to start on the first Sunday in Advent. Mm. Uh, a couple of things. Uh, as far as why the first Sunday in Advent, now, just to kind of let you know, I, 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 I shame on me for, for being so uh, nitpicky. Well, let's, let's take a step back real quick. Yep. Because maybe there are people listening that aren't Christian sure. and don't know what that word means. Can you tell, what is Advent? What is Advent? Advent is the anticipation of Christ's coming. Uh, uh, the word Advent is a Latin term, or comes from a Latin term, meaning the anticipation or coming of Christ. Uh, and uh, it's sort of the threshold of Christ's birth. And in the Christian uh, church, uh, there is a calendar that starts with the first Sunday in Advent, and that's kind of when the church year starts. Uh, with so, the, so we got New Year's Eve coming up real soon. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, you could call it that if you want to. That's, that, that's okay, as I said, because you know New Year's Eve has association with a rather bacchanal sort of thing. Uh, that goes with it, and uh, we, we're, we're not advocating any sort of Bacchanalian celebrations here. I'm more a fan of Dionysius myself. Well, yeah, okay, well, that's because, you know, you're uh, uh, obviously uh, new school because, you know, uh, Bacchus is... No. <laughs> uh, anyway... Uh, we're talking Greek deities, if anyone's yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, one's Latin, one's Roman too. Yeah, so right. absolutely, uh, there, there in is the difference. Uh, but uh, the uh, 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 so the church year starts then, and then with the anticipation of Christ coming in at his birth at Christmas, and so there are four Sundays leading up to that. But I, as I said, there's a reason for all this because typically most Bible read through programs start on January first which has defeat built in Mm -hmm. because uh, it makes it look like a New Year's resolution. And uh, just how, uh, well, you know, that was Dr. Phil that always says, how's that working for you? (laughs) Uh, uh, The New Year's resolutions aren't all that great. So that's one thing we have to keep in mind. Mm -hmm. And that's why I start on the first Sunday in Advent. Also, there's a spiritual connection that goes with it. There's that anticipation. Mm -hmm. There's also another practical thing about that, that if you're starting a a Bible read-through on January 1, it means that if you're going to do three chapters a day, it means you're going to be in Leviticus in February. 
I'm sorry, I don't want to be anywhere in February, <laughs> uh, least of all Leviticus. But, uh, you know, I, I don't mean to pick on Leviticus. Uh, Jesus loved the book of Leviticus. He quoted it six times. So obviously it must have been important to him. Mm-hmm. So there must be some important stuff in there. Uh, but uh, starting on the first sign of the Advent is more of a, a spiritual journey. It makes it more of a spiritual journey rather than a New Year's resolution. Sure. The, the the next thing is is that how much do I read? I mean, you know, some people are voracious readers, some people aren't. I, I've like many other people, uh, I've broken it down into bite sized pieces. That the daily discovery has a schedule for you. You can just follow the schedule. Uh, there are two ways to do that. Uh, one is you can uh, there's a PDF uh, button to click on our daily discovery. Oh, I meant to say. It is on uh, atonementfargo.org. Uh, you go to uh, learn and uh, go to atonementfargo.org and click daily discovery. Or atonement.live, uh, also you just go there and it's, it's like the second thing, third thing down when you scroll. And there are the, 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 the bite-sized pieces to click on that you can do that. And it changes every week. Because yep. we got someone here that changes it for us. And it'll even read it for you. You know, if, if you click on the hypertext, it will do exactly that. You click on the hypertext, it'll take you to, to esv.org, where you'll see the English Standard Version. Uh, and if there's a little button there that you click, and it will read it for you. Uh, so I, I, I have tried to answer every objection I could possibly have <laughs> ever heard with regard to Bible read-throughs. I'm, I'm sure there's some out there that I've not heard yet. I'm sure there's somebody listening to this uh, podcast will try to think of one uh, just to say, well, I bet he hadn't heard of this one. Try me. I've been doing this for, I mean, as a pastor for 30-plus years, but also as a layperson, as I said, I've been reading the Bible through since I was 14. So uh, you, you can try. I, I'm sure there's one out there. Uh, but I've tried to make it as, uh, as, as, as uh, accessible is the word I like to use. I don't mm-hmm. like using the word easy because mm-hmm. that which is easy is typically not rewarding, and that which is rewarding is typically not easy. But I have tried to make it accessible, and I guess that's the thing, is mm-hmm. that it's accessible to people. The bite-sized pieces, typically what a bite-sized piece looks like is three chapters of the Scriptures— plus a chapter from Psalms. Uh, now, you get through uh, Psalms, you've done 150. Well, then what do you do now? Well, then how about a chapter of Proverbs? There's 31 chapters of Proverbs, and now, now you're at uh, uh, 181. Isn't that right? Something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, well, then what do you do then? Because there's more than that in a, uh, number of days in a year. Well, uh, let's go through the Psalms and Proverbs again. So that tells up to, I think, uh, 362. Yep. You know, I'm sorry, I can't take, take three days off for crying out loud, <laughs> uh, uh, for, at least as far as the Psalms. But we, we, so you get through reading through the Bible by taking three chapters of the narrative part and then a chapter of uh, the Psalms, a chapter from Proverbs. Uh, so it's really bite-sized. Uh, you could do it. Uh, I don't imagine that the longest reading is more than 20 minutes uh, tops. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, by. But the, the, the big thing about the Bible read-through, because one of the objections that I've come across is, you know, uh, okay, I've got the Old Testament. When am I, I going to get to Jesus? Uh, the Old Testament's a lot. It's 75% of the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what I've done is I've broken the, the Old Testament and the New Testament down into four segments each. So you'll read a segment of the Old Testament. The first segment happens to be Genesis through uh, Second Kings. And then you'll read a section of the New Testament. Uh, 
Now, what I've done there is this, is because sometimes, you know, when you get to the New Testament, you got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You got Jesus, 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 Jesus. And uh, that's not being profane. That's just simply being descriptive. Uh, uh, <laughs> I was just thinking of other contexts. Uh, right. But uh, uh, Where's the bleep button? Uh, <laughs> Sarah's not here. Sarah's not here. Yeah. As I said, that, that well, there's, there's ample evidence that Sarah's not here, as I said. But let the record show that you are the one who mentioned her by name first uh, at her absence. I, I simply mentioned that... So, the controlling factor was not here so yeah. uh, for this. Uh, <laughs> uh, in any case, uh, uh, so uh, the New Testament sections are broken down uh, uh, with like materials. Like we'll start with, say, Matthew. Uh, Matthew is kind of the gospel of, towards, uh, for, was originally designed towards Jewish people. So I've included uh, 1 Peter, 2 Peter, and Jude as materials uh, that go that are very similar with that, and James that have a very Jewish feel to yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's that section. Uh, then they'll go back to uh, reading uh, the Old Testament sections, uh, and then when they come back to the New Testament, I'll say like Luke. So I've done Luke, Acts, and Hebrews. They certainly have a, a similar vibe, a, a sort of an evangelistic vibe. Uh, mm-hmm. Luke is the truth about Jesus. Acts is the truth about the followers of Jesus. And Hebrews is the truth about the relationship between Jesus and the Old Testament. Yeah. Then they go back to the Old Testament again. Come back to the New. We do uh, Mark. Mark's kind of the gospel of action and uh, very much a... a, 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 a kind of written kind of to the to the Roman world and so the letters of Paul were also written to that Roman world out there so I paired Mark with uh, Paul's letters uh, and then uh, you go back to the Old Testament again and then finally we come back to the last of the four Gospels John and so I have John along with first John second John third John and the book of Revelation yeah Revelation. which by the way we're coming up on as I said we're in the for if you're following daily discovery you're kind of in that right now so uh, that's kind of the deal so those are some of the things that those are some of the 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 highlights of the method is kind of the methodology behind it I think it keeps people interested mm-hmm. uh, rather than uh, simply you know just kind of you know I'm just gonna go straight forge straight through and just kind of get through well you know there are not many people that have that kind of determination that's and so hard it yeah. is hard absolutely uh, so but I try as I said my goal is to make it accessible hmm. yeah I um, I I would I did it last year uh, it's the first time that I did it and it was great there were, so um, is catching up okay Catching up is fine. I, I, I catch up too. I, I, I catch up all the time. Sometimes, you, you know, this is not a matter of perfection. Uh, this is a matter, it's not a matter of salvation either. I was going to say, <laughs> this is not a work of the law. Not, this, no, this is not a work of the law. This is, this is, <laughs> all of a sudden I can see this going to be the, uh, de, de, degenerating into Philippists and Genesios pretty soon here. Oh my. Oh, them spiting words right there. <laughs> Well, as the resident Philippist of the LCMC. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> There's only one of them. That would be me. That's, that's, that's it. That's I am the resident Philippist. So absolutely. I'm sure somebody's out there. Is, well, as I said, I'm not telling anything anybody doesn't already know about me. Who knows what a Philippist is? So, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. So, uh, but uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. This is not a work of the law. If you, if you, if you get behind, you get behind. Mm-hmm. What it is, 
it's a function of discipline. It's when it's one of the spiritual disciplines. And uh, I kind of like, you know, uh, it's like combing your hair and brushing your teeth and taking a bath. You know, it's a good idea to do most of those on a regular basis. Uh, what regular means to you, I'm not so sure. But uh, <laughs> You know, I, I, I really like the... Oh, what's the right word? The the similarities of how you break up the New Testament. Yep. Uh, with one caveat, and this is just my own personal sure. opinion. Yeah. Um, are you of the mind that the Gospel of Mark is attributed to Peter? Oh, sure. Okay. Well, that would be the one thing is is get First and Second Peter with uh, that. That would be that would be nice. Uh, uh, it it would doesn't be, follow the pattern, though. but it doesn't follow the pattern. Yeah, no, yeah. I thought of that already. Uh, I, I figured you did. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to put my <laughs> two cents. Say, in again, it. again, there's not an objection <laughs> I haven't heard yet, <laughs> but I, <laughs> uh, uh, I, I, you know, as I said, there, there's a lot of good things. There's also some, what, I, what I like to say. There's a method. I think that as you read through Scripture, you need to have first of all a sense of prayer. Uh, it's a book. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are plenty of people who aren't Christians who have read the book, which is mm-hmm. surprising. You know, it's funny uh, uh, how how many educated atheists there are out there that have have a better knowledge of Scripture than people who are regular churchgoers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a sad thing. But I, I think that the so I think to begin with prayer, I think that's an essential that 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 having a time of prayer to ask the Holy Spirit to say, uh, uh, you know, come. I, I do a little prayer for the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, and ask the Holy Spirit to come. That's a, a little thing. I think another part about coming to it is there needs to be a willingness, uh, uh, a willingness to say, you know, I, I want to learn. I want to grow. I want to. I want to have my heart and mind challenged. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but also not just willingness, but openness uh, to be willing to say, okay, I'll hear what you have to say. To be open is to say. I'm willing to change, and so what we're willing, what we're doing is, first, we're asking God to be present uh, at this time. Second, we're saying, okay, I'm willing to hear what you have to say, and now I'm open to change. Uh, but the biggest thing, and this goes back to a regular time. Uh, you know, I, I don't mean to equate this simply to a matter of discipline and habit. But there are some great habits. You know, uh, uh, tomorrow we're going to have a great habit, mm-hmm. uh, the habit of eating turkey. And watching football. No, 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 no. Uh, you know, as I said, the, foot, watching football involves having to watch the Dallas Cowboys play, <laughs> which is never a good thing uh, unless they happen to not have, have a mathematical score less than the other team. Sure. <laughs> that, uh, did I say that mathematically correct? Well, we'll ask, ask the good doctor to... Yeah, uh... yeah, as I said, if they have a mathematical score that's less than the other team's math, then it's a good day. But so, it's a risk every year, I it, suppose. It, it's <laughs> This year, let me put it like this: the the risk is three to seven this year. Uh, so absolutely, there have been seven great days and three not so good days. One of which was Sunday. Uh, yes, oh, but yeah. they 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 uh, they play uh, the Washington Football Club. And the last time the Washington Football Club played at uh, AT and T Stadium on on a Sunday, I was present and uh, saw Robert Griffin the uh, third put up four touchdowns in the first quarter. On, oh, wow. on, on a Thursday, you mean? It was on a Thursday. Yeah, RG3. on a Thursday. Yeah, RG three. RG three. Did I say mm-hmm. something? Was I? You said on no. a Sunday. That's all right. No, no. no. I, you're right. It was a Thursday. It was a Thanksgiving. My, yeah. my we 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 uh, we tailgated uh, with turkey in in the parking. Nice. Room. It was That's great. Yeah. The the, the my parishioners uh, from uh, Faith Lutheran Church in Seguin, Texas, were none too happy. Uh, but being <laughs> a, a a native son of Northern Virginia and Washington D.C., uh, well, I could do nothing but 
enjoy myself. I'm not so sure it's going to happen. As I said, two spectacularly awful teams this year are going to be playing. I mean, they they hey they they could be battling for first place though. Yeah, they, with a record of four and seven. <laughs> Oh gosh, they're they're as I said, spectacular. But if somehow we got diverted. Uh, what, where were we? <laughs> not not even a rabbit trail that I could come out of. We were talking about habits. Habits, yes. Uh, uh, we have the habit of eating turkey tomorrow. Habits are, can be good or bad. This is a great habit to mm-hmm. be in reading in scripture. It's a fabulous habit to mm-hmm. have. I can't express how much uh, what a blessing it is. Uh, and uh, you know, I, I like the habit of eating, and I love the habit of being in the Word of God every day. It's a great habit. Mm-hmm. I think um, w- when you mentioned there's a lot of unbelievers who've read the Bible, and, and that's true. Yep. Um, I think a key thing to understand when you're reading scripture and why it needs to be a continuous thing, just like breathing or eating, is that um, as Christians, we believe that God speaks through the word of God. Amen. Not in such a way that's like, here's a rule book and, yep. you know, should I should I put on socks today? I'll open up blindly and point to something and it'll, it'll it, it's not like that. It's not a magical eight ball. But the more that you're in scripture, the more... Um, it begins to interpret you just just like if you're in anything, whether it's um, um, watching the news and and as you watch the news, if you if you trust the news, it's going to have an impact on you either to to scare you or to to comfort you. That's what the Word of God does. And for believers, it the same scripture can speak to you in different ways depending on the season of life that you're in. You know, we're going to get to the whole issue of what to do when God speaks. That's going to come out of one of the final things that we talk about. But that's a, thanks for bringing that up, Pastor DJ. I think that's a, a good point. Uh, indeed, indeed. Well, well and, and add that, but for an unbeliever, yep. that doesn't, it, it's just, it's just an historical book. Uh, yeah, it can be. But as I said, it also, uh, a faith comes by hearing, hearing by the preaching yeah. of Christ. And yep. so it can have the power to change somebody's life too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, and I believe that uh, absolutely. Me too. Uh, so the real thing, though, is this. It's not can you sort of get, I, well, I've read through the Bible once, through a year, check mark. Mm-hmm. You got that taken care of. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of look at it as a, uh, a lifelong process. It's not simply a daily process. It's a life process. It's a part of my life. Uh, you know, I, I, I have some, again, I point back to the, the celebrations, the, the food celebrations of this time of the year. I have my little lifelong things that I have expectations of to happen. Uh, one, of course, is a uh, iced tea glass full of uh, turkey gravy tomorrow. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, <laughs> so it is amazing I've lived as long as I have. It really is. Uh, but Maybe I, that's the secret, a, a glass of turkey gravy. Really. Every, every, once every year, whether, whether we need it or not. <laughs> absolutely you know I, I i i was thinking about getting you know one of those uh, uh pint glasses but i mean they're beer, probably beer drinkers out there that'd be gravely offended by me drinking gravy out of a beer glass but that's neither here or get, there. get a mason jar mason jar there you go absolutely uh, we're, we're, we're far enough above the mason dixon line that that won't offend anyone <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in, in any case, uh, so I think it's, it's kind of a lifelong thing. Uh, mm-hmm. One of one of my personal pro- well, I, I got to stop here just for a quick second. One of the coolest things 
happened to me just as we were, I was walking into to the, the podcast room. Uh, one of our parishioners uh, stopped me and she said, uh, co- completely independent, not knowing I was going to do this, said, you know, I just want to thank you. It says, it says on, on, on the, uh, in the Daily Discovery to email you if you have, uh, uh, you know, if this has been a blessing. Well, I'm not going to email. I'm going to tell you in person. I've been doing this for five years. I tried so many times to get it right before and I'd get stuck in Genesis. But I want to thank you for making it accessible to me. And and uh, and she's been doing it for five years in a row. And then she said something which I thought was really she says, This next year I'm gonna try a new translation. Which nice. I thought which which also is kind of listen, one of the things that I do as much my own personal thing is mm-hmm. because you know I've I've done it a long time is that for uh, just to get a, 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 a different sense, a different flavor, is that uh, one year I'll read from the ESV. It used to be I would do from the Revised Standard Version before the ESV came out. Uh, but I'll read from the ESV, which is my teaching version, which is my preaching version, which is the one I minister with. And then the next year, I'll read from a different translation. Uh, there are lots and lots of translations of the Bible in English. Uh, some are better than others. Some do things better than others. It, they're tools, and uh, uh, depending upon what job you want done, those tools might be better at uh, one thing than another. You know, mm-hmm. so it it it. I've I've read through uh, a number of the other translations, like the the New International Version. I've read through that, the Revised Standard Version. I've read through some Catholic Bibles. I think that's important to get a different perspective. You know, we're from Protestant background, but to get the Catholic perspective, like the, uh, the New American Bible, the New American Bible and uh, the Jerusalem Bible uh, are are a couple ones that are, are, are a big. But but they're more than that. I mean, as I said, there there are more Catholic Bibles out there in English than that. Uh, and uh, this year, I'm going to be doing uh, one that that were uh, sort of one's a. Uh, uh, by Robert Alter, uh, you know, don't necessarily baptize everything Robert Alter has to say, but at the same time, he did the amazing thing of translating the Bible, uh, uh, the Hebrew Bible. Uh, that's an amazing task. Lots of people have done the New Testament. Lots and lots of New Testaments out there by single authors. Uh, uh, but uh, I'm going to be doing that. The uh, uh, David Bentley Hart, I believe the guy's name is. Uh, he's a classicist. Uh, and uh, so they're both classicists. So this, from rather than a theological perspective, I want to pr- read through from a classicist perspective. But I don't expect people to do that. That's just me being a geek. I mean, that, that, you know, that's, you know, as I said, it, when you get through, I mean, there, there are all kinds of different Bibles. Uh, the Good News, uh, uh, God's Word to the Nations. That's an interesting one. I like that one. Uh, I, I've read a couple other ones that are, uh, last year I did, uh, the year before this, I did... Uh, 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 N.T. Wright's New Testament, mm-hmm. and uh, oh gosh, uh, uh, John Golden Gay's Old Testament. He, he called it the First Testament. Did that. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I've done a lot of these things, but uh, you know, again, there comes a point when you have to say, you know, you start to you live long enough, you start to run out of English translations. But even though there are a lot of them, uh, I've, there are a lot of them I haven't done yet. So uh, that does that's just kind of for me. But I like to have people consider that it would be a lifelong. Uh, adventure. Uh, you know, I recognize I'm kind of ranting and, and going crazy about this, but when Jeremiah saw the most holy thing in his life being destroyed, which was the city of Jerusalem, which had become a uh, 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 had become a, a den of wickedness, and uh, God's judgment came down, he had to witness that. And he wrote a book called Lamentations. 
It was a prophecy in addition to the book of Jeremiah that he wrote of his prophecies. And in there it says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies, they never come to an end. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. One of the things that I've found is the newness of even doing this for a lifetime, how new every morning God's word can be. Even today, uh, in the book of Revelation, which I have written extensive notes on, taught many times, been deeply, deeply interested in the book of Revelation, something new came through today in today's reading of the book of Revelation. The idea of patient endurance. Uh, Instead of looking at this horrific thought of either the end of the world or whatever this might be, this catastrophic judgment, in addition to so many other things, hope, worship, glory, all the things that that is due God, the new Jerusalem, mm-hmm. as many things as I've studied and learned, here was something that there I saw, patient endurance. Interestingly enough, it's the book that talks the most about patient endurance. Yeah. And there's something that we can learn about in our lives, particularly as we face some of the challenges we face today. So again, I've been doing this for a long time, but the Spirit revealed something fresh to me uh, this morning even. so mm, That's great. I, uh, I will go so far as to say that is awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Got a low thoughts of I want to back up just a second. Sure. Uh, it, you were talking about Bible translations. We yes, did sir. we did an episode about that. It's episode six. Episode six. If anybody wants to go back and hear more about the different Bible translations. Oh, wow. Okay, who was so, ranting about that that day? Was that me? Uh, well, that was you. <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> yeah. you let anybody on here. You know? <laughs> Your first episode was five, if I remember. Episode, wow, okay, yeah. well, there, there, yeah. then there's that. I yeah. Know, absolutely. Well, yeah, as I said, there's lots of translations out there. Um, and again, they each have their own way to do things. Uh, so that, but I think one of the things, though, Pastor G, you know, in, in the, we need to expect God to speak. Mm-hmm. We should have the anticipation that God is going to speak. God went to... <laughs> uh, I, I'm looking forward to Christmas this year because I've got a great sermon uh, from... Uh, that's awfully awfully humble opinion. <laughs> but the title... Str- it's nor- great, believe me. It's, no, 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 <laughs> normally, I struggle with Christmas. Yeah. You know, I, I can preach 50 Sundays a year, but Christmas and Easter are hard. Because it's the same message, as I said, you, you it's a glorious message. Don't get me yeah. wrong, but you know that sounds funny coming from a pastor that I really struggle each year to say something fresh uh, and accessible to the congregation uh, at Christmas, particularly. But God gave me a revelation when I was gone, and and uh, uh, it has to do with 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 the the excitement about the paperwork. And uh, uh, I'll tell you the joke later, but as I said, it's, it has to do with this whole this, this idea of God speaking uh, through the scriptures. And mm-hmm. uh, 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 I'm hesitant to, 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 to share the story because uh, should I share the story anyway? Well, you already went that far. I went that far. Well, you know, we're standing at the rim of the Grand Canyon. Okay, we're standing at the rim of the Grand Canyon, and uh, I have a, an absolute clinical acrophobia. I'm terrified of heights, mm. absolutely terrified. And I'm terrified of other people's heights. Well, Ron is a little bit more 
risky uh, when it comes, not risque, but risky. <laughs> uh, uh, let's be clear about that. And, and she kind of goes up to the edge and I said, Rhonda, be careful. Rhonda, be careful. And I said, Rhonda, I want you to know, I love you and I'd miss you if you fell over, but just think of the paperwork. <laughs> now, how I get that into a Christmas sermon, you have to figure that All out yourself. Right. Just think of the paperwork, okay? That's that's the that's the title of this this year's Christmas message. Just think of the paperwork. Uh, I just want you to know. How did that go, by the way? <laughs> well, I, I did make it back uh, in one piece. Uh, we're still married, still living under the same roof, and uh, and actually, it became the sort of the little byword of the whole trip because mm-hmm. that happened fairly early on and throughout. It says, "Just think of the paperwork." <laughs> Too good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but we should expect God to speak, and I'd like to say something about that a little bit. Um, every time we come to Scripture, I think we should expect God to speak. When we come to church and hear the word proclaimed, we should expect God to speak. Uh, we're not as big on this in other congregations, but sometimes we do this. Uh, we, if the Scripture is read in a lectionary setting, you know, sometimes there's some churches that have a, a an Old Testament lesson, lesson, epistle lesson, and a gospel lesson, and people stand for the reading of the gospel. You know, they're probably people Lutheran enough to figure that out. Uh, you know, it's not <laughs> exclusively Lutheran, but I'm um, as I said. Uh, uh, but we should expect God to speak. Mm-hmm. There should be the anticipation of God to speak. Yeah. If we're in a Bible study, we should expect God to speak. And when we come to our daily discovery, our daily discovery read-through, uh, we should expect God to speak. But then, the you know, what happens when God speaks? Uh, well, there are five things which I want to encourage people to, to think about when God speaks. Uh, the first thing is when God speaks, uh, uh, Jesus says in the parable of the sower in Mark 4, says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. When God speaks, we should grant him the privilege to do him to listen. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it's not just a matter of going in one ear and out the other. We should listen to what God has to say. So we should owe him the respect to listen to him. Uh, the second thing uh, is that we should think it over. That when God speaks, not only should we listen, but we should think it over. Uh, the shepherds at Christ's nativity uh, brought a great word from God. They were uh, retold the angelic message to the Holy Family. They were evangelists in that regard. Uh, and they gathered at Jesus' birth. And, and Luke uh, 2, 19 tells us, but Mary treasured up all these things in her heart, pondering them in her heart. That uh, Mary thought it over. You know, what on earth did this mean, this message from the, uh, the shepherds, this message that they were repeating from the angels? So when God speaks, we should listen, but we should also think it over. Uh, you've heard me say in church on Sunday, you know, we should never check our brains at the door when we come to church, and we should not check our brains at the door when we come to Scripture. We should think it over. Uh, the next thing is to write it down. Uh, one of the interesting things that studying Revelation, again, I've, I've known this before, but I, I, came, I came across it again, uh, that when Revelation, uh, he's repeatedly given the command to write this down, write this down, write this down. And uh, if God tells you something, God gives you a word as you're in your quiet time, write it down. That's, that's the other thing. Uh, I've been writing notes in my margins of Bibles for many years, but in 2004, I started keeping a, a journal. Now, I know it might sound like I have to turn in my man card uh, for keeping a journal. Uh, but uh, uh, No, if you would have said keeping a diary, keeping then you got to turn in your yeah, man Journal's fine. Yeah, the, 
I just call it my daily Bible notes. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, I, I write down whatever God says, and I, I've been keeping track of that for quite some time. So when God speaks, uh, it, it's, it's handy to do that, to write that down. Another thing is to share it with a friend. Not only should we, when God speaks, should we uh, listen, should we think it over and write it down, but sharing with a friend, you know, let somebody else know uh, what God has said. Uh, you know, uh, one of my favorite passages is that when Philip tells Nathaniel the good news in John chapter 1, uh, he, he doesn't want to keep it to himself. Uh, the other thing is, is to keep it for future use. Uh, uh, that might not be a word for today, so that if we listen, if we think it over, if we write it down, if we share it with a friend, we might want to keep it for future use. You know, uh, uh, Mary, again in Luke chapter 2, uh, uh, was reminded uh, of what was going to happen to her son, and then ultimately she had to witness that. But there was something about the future use of, of the word that's spoken to her. And what God might be saying to you today might have some powerful effect for another time. But uh, I, I cannot, again, uh, I want to thank the congregation for allowing this to happen for the last, you know, six years as for me to, to sort of just uh, go on and on about this, because I do go on and on mm. about it. Uh, but I think it's important. I, I really, truly do. As I said, it's one of the most important things we can do as, as a congregation is to be daily in the Word of God. So thank you for that opportunity. I want to just ask a question because you, you brought something up that I find really intriguing and I think this is this may this may actually be where people fall off in listening to scripture yep. and in their prayer life is that that keeping a record that that journaling yes. of it uh, we're, we're doing the alpha course right now yes. and Nikki Gumbel talks about that as yep. well and they speak of you know different ways that that God does speak to us as uh, words of knowledge yes. And I, that's a new that's a new term for me because I'd I'd never really heard that before. It's in the book. Yeah, uh, words of knowledge, but but how you know it's a word of knowledge is tied with prayer and and the reading of scripture and recording it. You know, there something uh, with how do you, how do you know it's God? You know, I, I I told people kind of my story about how I, I I showed up here at Atonement and God really made it clear that He said that this is where you know. You have unfinished business, Paul, and, and if you got to finish the business at Atonement, it's a great story. If anybody of your listeners want to hear it, I'll be glad to tell them one-on-one. It's a whole, whole, whole other deal. But, uh, uh, yeah, getting that familiarity with it, you get the feel for what's real. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one of the easiest ways to spot a counterfeit dollar bill is to have touched a real dollar bill for all your life, you know, to know what the real thing feels like. And then you might feel there's something funny about this. Mm-hmm. This doesn't feel real. Mm-hmm. And being having your hands on the word uh, on a daily basis, you get a sense for what the real feel is like. Uh, you know, uh, and, and being doing it in a community, uh, uh, that we're doing this all together at the same time in a community is a, is a big deal. So yeah. uh, that that's a big part of that. And that's why it's important to do these things congregationally. Mm-hmm. Uh, that way, the body of Christ is together. Uh, the Word of God says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Uh, and the idea of being sharpened uh, by each other, because you never know. I mean, we might be doing this process together, and uh, there might be a particular passage that comes up that uh, uh, causes people to question, wonder what's going on with this passage. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, uh, it's good to have the body doing that together. Yeah, right. Excellent. Wow. Thank a lot, you. A lot to chew on. It is. It's a lot to chew on. 
Well, I'm, I'm, I'm honored that you let me have the opportunity to do this. Again, it starts uh, this Sunday. Uh, uh, you can go to uh, uh, atonement.live, and then there's the uh, uh, whole list of things. That, that Genesis, it's Genesis 1 through 3 and, and Psalm 1. It's a great way to start, and, and uh, it's a great process. So go to uh, atonement.live uh, and then scroll down to Daily Discovery. And uh, God bless Marjane. She keeps it up uh, uh, weekly. And also, if you get behind... Uh, there are ways to that. There's last week's and next week's lessons there too. Or I did mention there was another way. There is a button you can click on that's got the PDF for the entire year. So if you're kind of the, that, you can print that off and put it in your Bible and do it that way. Yep, I printed it off. It's right on my desk. There you go. Got it right there for me. Okay. Do you have anything else you want to say about it? Uh, well, you know, I've, I just said, I just want to encourage people and, and uh, uh, pray to the end that uh, God will stir people's hearts to, to, to do this. It's one of the great adventures. I call it daily discovery mm-hmm. because that's what it is. It's a daily discovery of something new and fresh. And I go, I point back to that passage from Lamentations chapter 3, that the, the, God's God's revelation is new every morning, uh, and the the joy of pointing us to Christ Jesus uh, and and what His Word has to say is just amazing. And again, it uh, it, it provides us with this uh, uh, great joy. Uh, again, I find it to be a joy. Uh, that's one of my favorite things about it. There are so many people that say, "Well, I take the Bible seriously," or "We take the Bible seriously at this at this church." And yeah, it, it kind of reflects that you're pretty serious about it. <laughs> I, I'm not. I don't want to discount being serious about the Bible. I think it's important to be serious about the Bible, but I think it's more important to be joyful about Scripture. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to say that I, not only do I take the Bible seriously, but more importantly, I take the Bible joyfully because it points me to Jesus and the grace that I have in forgiveness in Christ Jesus. So that's kind of where I look at all this. So there you go. Cool. There it is. Was that the one you meant to push? Well, the, the light bulb. I oh, mean, okay. Just this whole thing is, <laughs> you know, uh, um, they t- the scripture talks about after after meeting the Lord, they had a burning in the heart. Yes. Well, uh, hearing just what you've been sharing, I just I have a burning in my yeah. heart. Did not uh, our hearts burn within us when uh, He opened to us the roads of Scripture? Like, like yeah, like a desire for the Word. Cool, it's, it's cool, excellent. Well, thank you, Paul. I well, appreciate thank you it for getting this together. And again, uh, it starts on Sunday. Uh, uh, we're looking forward to it, and and God's richest blessings to each and every person that uh, follows the path of daily discovery. Cool. Uh, would you would you mind praying us out of here? I can do that. Father, you're good to us in so many ways, and one of the ways that you show us your goodness is that you have revealed your Son to us in your Word. Thank you for the grace that you've revealed uh, in Scripture. Uh, thank you for the grace that it is, uh, that it it reminds us both of our sin, but also of the path of forgiveness and redemption and that atonement that we can have in Christ Jesus. It also reminds us of the new life that we can have. It reminds us of the joy of fellowship, uh, which is your church. It reminds us of so many things, Lord. And Lord, we ask now that you would reveal your grace to people. And I pray that there would be a harvest of daily discovery, not only in this congregation, but all who hear the sound of this podcast. Uh, so Lord, uh, bless and keep uh, your people according to the favor you bear your people in Jesus' name. And we're bold to say, Amen. 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 Now I got to remember what all the buttons do. Our okay. handler's not here. We'll see if I get this right. <laughs> and also, uh, if you're listening to this on on this Thanksgiving Eve Wednesday, uh, we will have a service tonight at six thirty p.m. 
Uh, you can find that at uh, atonement.live or atonementfargo.org. Yep. Uh, and every Sunday, don't forget, you can join us at 9 and 10.30 a.m. Our uh, modern service is at 10.30. The traditional is at 9. You can also find those at atonement.live or atonementfargo.org or on YouTube by searching Atonement Fargo. So for Pastor DJ Lura, Pastor Paul Cross, I'm Ryan Janke. Join us next week for another riveting episode of that podcast.